0: My name is Kurt Whiteson, and I want to welcome you to the coolest and most informative podcast in the Westfield, Indiana area. What's Up Westfield? What's Up Westfield is a local chat fest to dig deep into politics, development, who's doing what, and anything else we can fit into 45 minutes of fun online. If you have a topic or an interest in being an amazing guest, please reach out to us, and we'd love to hear your ideas. My guest today is the power forward of Hamilton County's largest chamber, and what I would consider Central Indiana's most relevant business advocacy group. Today's guest has been a friend of mine for several years, and I would put his character up there with any of the top executives. This is a timely podcast, and hopefully everyone enjoys it. Please welcome the Jack Russell to the podcast. Hi, Jack Russell. How are you today?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're just here from uh, One Zone headquarters here in Fishers. so happy to do it.
0: Where is your headquarters right now? What's the address or building?
1: building? Uh, so we're located in the Forum Credit Union building. The best way I tell people is we're across the street from Ikea. Um, okay. and so we're on USA Parkway right here. Right, actually, our next door neighbors where the new event center is going up here in Fisher. So
0: do you get the same chill I get driving down that road towards Ikea every day? going to work yes
1: Yes. okay 100. if you're
0: getting ready to assemble furniture and
1: while i eat my one dollar pizza you got
0: (laughs) or your meatballs (laughs) (laughs) um all right jack so i want to know about jack real quick um where you're from uh who you are family stuff like that
1: sure so i grew up here in hamilton county um grew up in noblesville was a noblesville grad Um, and then I went over to Butler and IU for college. Um, then I met my wife and my wife is a true and true shamrock, Westfield shamrock. And so, uh, she naturally, uh, adopted me. I think the city adopted me, uh, (laughs) over that time, uh, to, to be wearing the green. And so, uh, been able to grow up there, but, um, yeah, just grew up in this county. I grew up in 33, grew up my entire life here, my wife up in my entire life here. And then the two of us uh, decided to move to Cicero. And so we live in Cicero with two boys and then another one on the way. So uh, we're excited. It's been it's been a fun ride. And then um, as you and I have gotten to know each other over the years, as we'll get into, but uh, my first gig really from a chamber side was the Westfield Chamber. Very It was very small at the time. It was a small little chamber uh Wasn't it was making a cute, a, lot of- a cute little
0: chamber, was not yeah, it? Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah, we, it was cute, but I think um it was cute, but also at the same time, it was time for the city to really. It was in that growth phase. I mean, we were talking mm-hmm. about the event center. We had just had Grand Park, and so what were we going to look like? Really, what 32 has been what has been created on 32 today was mm-hmm. non existent when I was there, and that wasn't that long ago. So, um, just just so- interesting.
0: So you um, you married into Westfield, which is yes. fair. Um, that's very cool. Did growing up in Noblesville or growing up, what was Westfield as a kid? Was it just another place? Was it a farm town? What was your identity of Westfield?
1: We drove there for a basketball game, and then uh, the uh, one-way Taco Bell. <laughs> and uh, then you headed back where you couldn't turn left out of it you had to turn right and then back, back then you didn't even have roundabouts yet so you had to uh-huh. turn right and need to go do a u-turn and you're really member of Westfield um so when I started coaching lacrosse and I went over to Westfield high school it, it just it was a very very different experience when I started yeah. coaching there because it was just changing and I married um into the politics of it too so you know with the Jorge with Bob uh serving on the town council and mm-hmm. then city council um when we first started dating my one of my first jobs was to get him reelected so yeah uh, while I was boyfriend Jack right so um, is that
0: how you got to marry his daughter was to work on his campaign my 36 votes
1: by 36 votes uh-huh. uh, one by 36 votes <laughs> we were I think that was it so
0: and he still holds that over your head probably right
1: yeah, that we didn't round yeah. it up to 40, probably. That's probably. Uh-huh. would have
0: been nice. Yeah.
1: So what would you go to college
0: for? What's your degree in?
1: Uh, actually, believe it or not, I'm just a general studies major. Okay. Uh, so I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I have four minors. So I have a minor in education, history, political science, and business. All so right. four minors, but just wanted to get through with it, done with it, and then move on with the world.
0: So you didn't have, um, when you were in college, there was nothing that was triggering your your interest oh. to do as a career or?
1: Education. I was I was for three for my first three and a half or for the first for three and a half years. That's why the last semester was kind of funky. But for three and a half years, I was an education major, secondary um, U.S. history. So I was going to go be be a teacher, uh-huh. um, and then everything kind of got skewed around where there were uh, credits were short, and I had to go do this and do that. And so I finally just went my school counselor at the time, and was just like, I just want to graduate. So just tell me what I have to do to graduate, and I'll. I'll be done and I don't figure it
0: out
1: from there. Yeah, I probably could still be a teacher if I went back uh, because Uh, I don't have enough credits. But um, I decided that at some point in my life, I wanted to do something with serving people. Uh, And that's a now again, being a teacher, that's a huge one to be able to serve your community. And so uh, I love that passion. And so I just found a different route to go that way.
0: So what was your you graduated college general studies, you decided not to go teacher, what was your very first career or you know real job out of college
1: Uh, my first job was a marketing uh, marketing communications for a staffing company so we did staffing that was a different world I'd never experienced that before did Uh staffing for about two years then I went to do a uh, was a sales guy for a startup called tinderbox Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: ended up at another place in Anderson so worked in Anderson for two years Um, I did their pretty much operations. I ran their facilities. They had about six companies within it. Mm -hmm. So I helped run operations, but that whole time I was volunteering in Westfield, whether that was, you know, the grand junction, um, you know, our committee there and, Mm -hmm. um, just anywhere I could get involved. Mm -hmm. I was especially coaching at the time, the the girls lacrosse team. So there's just so much ingrained in it that when the opportunity struck, um, there was a part-time job at the time. That's when Julie was the executive director. There was a part-time job doing marketing and sales uh, mm-hmm. for the chamber, for the Westfield chamber it was a part-time commission only job. And I remember going to Emily now my wife and said, I think I want to do it. She's like, we have a full-time job now. I said, yeah, but I'm just <laughs> going to give it a shot and see what happens. So I actually quit my job full-time job and only sold sponsorships and memberships for the Westfield uh-huh. chamber. That was my, And I was making... Believe it or not, my first month there, I think I made like $1,000. So uh-huh. uh, about. She still know, married you. Yeah, she still married <laughs> me. She just uh-huh. decided that this
0: was worth it. So, uh, so Jack, I'm sitting here thinking, and, you know, we have a pretty good history together. And I'm, it would be fun to go down the path of um, you being very young and participating in the Grand Junction and a lot. Because you, you worked alongside Mayor Cook as he was doing a lot of stuff isn't isn't that right you were kind of um teed up with him yes. he would he uh introduced you to some stuff and you were a big help so um i would love to do that i don't think we have four hours for us to do that um but that would be more no. interesting I mean, than what we're
1: stories yeah but there's so many stories about you know we see what it is today and mm-hmm. you think the length of a community um how they evolve and they grow and Mm -hmm. to where we're at today is it really is a very short time period.
0: Yeah, it is. And it was a lot of people, uh, a lot of volunteer people and a lot of just meetings and frustration and standstills. And then all of a sudden something comes of it. So very cool times. Um, I think a lot of people, well, a lot of people weren't involved in and a lot of people forget about, right? So, all right. So, but we're going to skip over that right now. So you, uh, are working for like a dollar an hour selling ads or selling sponsorship for the chamber. (laughs) And then, so then how did it go turn into you taking an actual job as the director and becoming the director of the chamber?
1: Yeah. So after about a month, I decided, Hey, I probably should figure out what to do. And at the time, Julie was, um, Julie was retiring And I remember one of my mentors, Paul Estridge, at the same time was trying to lure me from my huge, big job at the chamber selling members to come sell houses for him. And so when I interviewed for both uh, the chamber job and for to go work for Estridge Homes, um, I got the offers on the same day. And I remember I called Paul Estridge and I said to him, I said, hey, I have this opportunity to be the chamber president. I'm 25 years old, chamber president uh, of the Westfield Chamber but I still really love the work that you're doing. and would love to go work for you. And he said, well, uh, how, how long was the last person there? I said, 26 years. So he goes, well, why don't you go do that? Uh, and if you're not good at it, you can come sell houses for me. So that's, <laughs> when, that's when Paul really, really was very helpful and saying, yeah. Hey, you go do this. Uh, and it was, I mean, as you know, uh, my first day, we didn't have, um, I didn't have keys. I didn't have passwords. I didn't have a whole lot of anything. But my sole goal was to go out and meet people that dropped their memberships and um, didn't think highly, you know, if they didn't like the chamber. That's okay, but we want to know. I don't know what I don't know, and so how do we fix it? And that's when you and I, believe it or not, almost eight years ago, um, got to meet each other. So um, through them,
0: what what was? um, Because I remember vividly that time because I had started the or was starting the union. And I had been a part of a lot of the groups, the committees and stuff or attended them and been in the conversations and was, I had worked hard at uh, bringing just a business identity to Westfield and just a a circle. And so I was really excited to know that uh, the chamber was kind of relaunching. And when you you took over, did you feel like that was the same sentiment with a lot of local businesses?
1: 100%, I think there was a new energy behind it but i think the energy was around um you know when when we first started it was around creating a mission statement about what's our purpose whether you're a board member whether you're me at the time just me but what what are we trying to accomplish and at the end of the day it was connecting people with people and so you know because we didn't and really we 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 still, I say we at Westfield still doesn't really have large employers and so mm-hmm. the backbone of the people that were that were supporting all of these initiatives, these programs, these uh, non for profits around the city were all small business owners. And they yeah. were all people that were tr- that loved the city and wanted to do business. And so that's when we started creating like uh, Coffee with the Chamber we went to the union. I had an office at the union upstairs. Yes, you did, that was um, cool. We did programming. Um, but we wanted to invest in it because what I saw when we created our relationship together was, how do we take somebody that can't afford a storefront, bring them in here, be able to incubate their ideas and then send it out to the world. And so immediately I was attached to that, but I think we grew it so quickly because our messaging was here. You can make connections here. You can build relationships here. You can, you can do business. And we did that. I mean, We doubled almost the size of that chamber in two years. It was unbelievable. You know, we
0: launched or started, or we didn't start, but 26 new businesses were created in the two years at the union, which I think was cool. It's unbelievable, Um, and one of the fun things about it was when I um, I like to you know you connect someone because I'm not the answer to stuff, and it was awesome to be able to say we have this new chamber director that's running a hundred miles an hour will do anything for you. Be able to say hey you got to meet Jack and his team, and just that energy that was going on was a lot of fun to me. Those were those cool. We were
1: at the time we were doing a lot of the. the local economic development i mean that's what we were doing we were taking in people finding opportunities connecting them with locations and then with your background it was hey where do you want to go where do you want to be yeah. sometimes Westfield wasn't always where they needed to be but uh we were part of their story we were part of the journey and that's always that was a lot of
0: fun so um how long were you with the westfield chamber
1: two years so i, I was exactly two years
0: was it yep and then during those two years uh were you um you enjoyed it. I know that, but were you Mm -hmm. looking at other opportunities that were bigger or were you thinking, I want to do this for the next decade? Uh, Where was your mind at those two years? I think
1: for the first two years, um, at some point when you're 20, by the time I was done with, you know, when I left Westfield, it was, I was 27. So you're really still just trying to figure out your life really at that point. I had gotten married. That was when I got married. It was my second year. And so you're trying to figure out like what's next. And, and that wasn't anything like any young person would do. It's like, okay, what's that next opportunity look like? And literally almost to the day of my two years is when OneZone announced the retirement of Lisa, who was the COO. And I really thought to myself, okay, I feel like we have a great product here. I think we combat, we we were going toe-to-toe with one zone at the time, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I thought, gosh, what, what if we use, what if, what if I use my skill sets and resources to go to a larger chamber and could do that? And, and to be honest with you, mid-sized chambers, it's tough because either you're really good and someone wants to take you, um, or you just don't have the dollar amounts or the things that you need to be able to get to where you want to go. So that's where we, I was like, okay, I'm getting ready to start a family, going to do these type of things. I need insurance. I need maybe a little bit more money. So, uh-huh. um, so I applied and I got the job at 27 yeah. to run the third largest chamber in the state of Indiana as the COO. Yeah. So, uh, that was just all a right. unique piece of story.
0: So you just said a, a statistic, what are the other, what are the two other larger chambers?
1: Uh, the two are the Indiana chamber of course, which uh, serves the, the entire state. state and then the yeah. Indy chamber.
0: Like so, Indianapolis? Indianapolis. yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, when you were applying or you were chasing the One Zone job, what was One Zone to you in your head? Like, where were like specifically? What were a couple of features of One Zone that you wanted to be a part of, or you know what yeah. I mean? Like, what was something that you're like, oh, if I get my hands on that, other than yeah. their other than their uh, their revenue,
1: the revenue. I think yeah. the biggest part for me was. Uh, It gave us resources to provide something that chambers needed to begin to adapt doing. Uh, You know, a a lot of the things that have happened, even in 2020, um, these things were happening prior to 2020. It's just that it was a 10-year problem became a now problem. And so what we looked at is from a chamber perspective, and I always believe this even at Westfield was, we've got to stop priding ourselves on how many people show up at a luncheon. We've got to be able to what is our influence and impact for businesses? And at the end of the day, for me, it was advocacy work. So how do we get into state work, our local work? And so when I had met with Mo at the time, I I really said, you know, hey, as the COO, I think we need to be, if chambers are all doing this, we need to start doing some things the opposite direction. And not that um, some of the you know the bread and butter there's some of the stuff that works but we've really got to start taking on things because this county is going to look different over the next 10 years and we've okay. got to be the player and the voice of it and so when you look at an organization that had at the time 1100 members you had that voice um, and so that was where I looked at it and said I want to be able to go there serve there learn under Mo um, and then one day be able to run that organization at some point so
0: so, how comparatively at that time, how big was the Westfield Chamber and how big was One Zone?
1: So, Westfield at the time was four hundred members for about four four twenty five, and they had eleven hundred.
0: So, okay, so just under a third. Yeah, okay. yeah just under a third. Uh, yeah, three times. Um. All right. So you get the job. Yep. And what was your initial title there? Chief
1: operating officer.
0: Okay. And what was your initial duty at One Zone as the chief operating officer?
1: Uh, steer the ship. (laughs) Mo Mo was the head of the ship. Uh Uh, She had the vision of where we wanted to go, but my job was to put people in the right places, create strong operations, make sure that we were economically, uh, viable, make sure that we had, um, our value. That was my biggest thing was, and then we we did this at Westfield too, if you remember, was what is the value? Why do we exist? Because as we, as chambers, we are there to serve both a $365 member micro startup business to a global headquarters. And so mm-hmm. value was a huge piece of that. And so really for the first six months, like I did with what Westfield was, what is the value? What do you like? What do you not like? And we still do that to this day. Mm-hmm. My whole team still does that whole thing once a year. What do we mm-hmm. love about one zone and what do we hate? There's no middle ground. And yep. so we always find the uniqueness of where we're providing that value. And so that was my job was to steer the vision, mm-hmm. steer the strategic plan. Um, and At the end of the day build a culture and create values within the organization that people that walked in while it's large, people that walked in felt like they were valued and were a part of it. So
0: Jackie, you had a, uh, I think it was three words back at the Westfield chamber. And I don't know if you, if you came up with that or you just used it well, but it was yeah. like collect, learn and grow or something. What was it that? Uh,
1: oh, oh was it was the advocate, educate, connect. Correct. Yes. Um,
0: I, I liked that. Um, and I I don't know where that came from, but I think that one thing that you've done is you've truly bought into that, mm-hmm. and you've uh, it's resonated in your relationships with business owners. Um, a lot of uh, relationships with directors are yes, it's just about the chicken lunch, or it's just about getting a new sponsor for the um, event, the golf outing, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I think you're you really are you have. Um, done a good job of preaching that to where your job is to connect people to advocate for people and things like that so um, yeah. that's kind of cool um, all right so when you go to one zone you're mm-hmm. all excited you're a young whippersnapper um, ready to go you got your insurance and a little more money so you can be relaxed now right yep um, got mo was not intending to leave at that point was she
1: No. So she was there. Um, My goal, the goal was, is at some point I would be able to, to learn and then be able to take over the job. But I did think that really, honestly, um, I will tell you that one of the things that I liked about the job was that one of my biggest weaknesses was that operational side was, and I really felt like that at West, at, at Westfield was, I need to understand the back end of this, of how do we function? How do we work? What, what, is a, what is a 501c6? How do we do our 990 taxes? How do we do all those things? Because that was a weakness of mine that I didn't do at Westfield that I wanted to build off of. So that one day when Mo decides to retire and you know, two or three years that I'd be able to feel like I truly had that. And Mo was a great mentor to teach me, yeah. hey, here's this, here's that, here's how you do that. And without
0: those two years, I wouldn't have been successful in the role for sure. Yeah. Hey, everybody. I know this is weird, but I decided to cut this podcast into two separate uh, editions. So please click on the next one and listen to part two. Thank you.
1: Be sure to subscribe, like, and follow.